The title of this evening's Dharma talk is Downsize. Uh, the idea there, basically the same idea I talk about week after week. Less is better, simply put. So all you're really doing when you meditate is you're, you're downsizing your life into this uh, very simple form of just sitting still so that any attendant uh, or ongoing elaborations, thinking about this, thinking about this, this is good, that's bad, this shouldn't happen, I shouldn't have done this, they shouldn't have said that to me, the next time that happens I'm going to take them to court or whatever it may be. Any complication of the collaboration of various kinds of things that you come to a conclusion about will feed into other things that are inconclusive and the ego mind, the self-centered mind, the self of persons that is refuted in all Buddhist literature. There is no self of persons that will be promoted as a fiction over and over and over and over again. And it causes more and more difficulty, suffering, dissatisfaction, distress, and it just all sucks. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So downsize, in other words, in the same words, look at your situation and simplify it, simplify it. One of the a powerful way to simplify your situation, you don't have to be a practitioner of Buddhism or a, a Buddhist adherent or have precepts necessarily, though they could help you. You should do it. Anyway, downsize. Take everything that's big and busy and and uh, fluffing up all over the place and insofar as you can without being aggressive with yourself, just bring it all down and we have an ideal situation. Sit down, hold still. We, we provide these walls, cottage cheese walls. Sit down, hold still. First start out looking at the wall, but eventually you will see the very subtle, um, very intimate layer of thought process that comes and goes and comes and goes and comes and goes over and over and over. This is the fundamental matrix or, or uh, um, stitching, stitching together thoughts and ideas and patterns and judgments and conclusions and exclusions so that it provides us with somewhat of a believability in a thinker. And there isn't one. Look closely. See if you can find who does all this. See if you can find an identity, a self of persons. And once that is understood, you will see there is fundamentally no self of phenomena either. But it has to be an awareness. It's not, a, it's not something we believe in. If you believe in it, you've missed the point. This is how belief looks. All the investigation is over with because well, I know what I believe. Someone says, well, here, you're a Buddhist. What do you believe? And I say, not much. I'm forced to believe fire is hot. It keeps burning me. But is fire hot? Find out. Is water wet? Find out. What did Ani tell me? <laughs> Ani told me water wasn't wet, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. A tiny miniature philosopher. Came to visit at 14 years old. He'd done his homework, so he tangled with me. So 
downsizing. Look at everything that's fluffed up and big, whether it's your whether it's your suffering, whether it's your confusion, your confusion, whether it's your ideas about this and that, or the, the complications that come and go, and all the worries that you keep adding on and adding on. You keep medicating and medicating and medicating and not enough meditating and meditating and meditating. Sit down, hold still, shut up, and watch what keeps talking. Don't add to it. I don't like it. Don't add to it. Uh, it's probably true. Don't add to it. Don't do anything with it. Don't add any kind of addition. No phenomena. That's what is called practice. If you don't do a lot of it, it's probably not going to have any fundamental um, um, gravitas. It'll always be something that you think might be helpful. But if you sit enough, you will find out that if you want to know who you are, if you want to know what this is, not somebody not believing in me, I lie constantly. Not believing in anybody else, they lie most of the time. Everybody's lying. No one can tell the truth. No one can say the truth. Anytime you open your mouth, it's relative truth, which is what? Lies. It's not that there isn't some approximation of the, the, the acknowledgement that causes and conditions have a relative kind of truth to them, but ultimately, they are untrue because they change and they rise up and go away like countries, nations, nation states come and they go and they come and they go. And when you're on the rising edge of the, the leading edge, the falling edge of that, you identify with your society, your country. And that's why young human beings will go and go to war. It's like E.E. E. Cummings said back in the early 40s in one of his poems. Uh, I can't remember, I don't remember one of, one of the lines of it, which is probably enough. What if somebody gave a war and nobody came? What if somebody had a war and nobody showed up? That would be a powerful non-occurrence. So, yes. How do we not show up to the war that's waging inside ourselves? Don't join it. Don't look away from it. Don't don't do anything with it, but just observe. If you if anything that is uh, showing up as something, whatever it may be, if you just observe it and you don't compliment it, you don't criticize it, and you don't distract yourself from it, will change and begin to show its what its true color, its true colors, true shape, true. It will, you'll begin to see what it fundamentally is. And you'll be able to see the fear that fuels that. That's the gasoline of that kind of fire. Go ahead. When you come to the cushion, what is it that's being downsized? The the outflows, the elaborations, the ongoing profusion of thoughts and ideas about, 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 about this, about that. As soon as you sit down and hold still and, and watch what is moving, you begin to get uh, aggravated or upset or irritated or bored. It's just on and on and on. And then if we try to stop it, we notice that we can't. And even if you do, uh, even if you practice uh, different forms of meditation that are, that are to help you calm down your thoughts or settle, settle down, I don't teach that. I, I taught it for close to 30 years. I don't teach it anymore because it's a maintenance meditation. 
maintain that. I don't want you to maintain anything. I want you to see that everything's coming apart, including your identity, including the emptiness of phenomena. Yes. What what gives the impression that when we sit down, things can become larger or more active? I think since we aren't being distracted, uh, the consciousness is not something. It's not a thing. It has no. It's not a. It's a phenomenon, but it doesn't have any kind of status as something. You can't prove that it is there. So when we slow, when, as long as there's any kind of movement, whether it's this kind of movement or this kind of movement or this kind of movement or this kind of movement, or that kind of movement, the consciousness is drawn into that, just like a, it's just like a sponge. But if you do nothing, then the consciousness has anything. So you hold very still. The consciousness naturally follows what moves. The, the problem is, if you want to call it a problem, is the, the self-centered part of the consciousness, sometimes referred to as the seventh consciousness in the Yogacara tradition of the eight consciousnesses, the klesha mind or the, the mind that is paranoid and thinks there's a problem with everything. But that particular mind uh, wants to add on to whatever is moving. It shouldn't be moving. It should be moving. That's a bad thing. It's a good thing. It shouldn't be. It should be. It's scary. It's not scary. Who cares? And so on. When you downsize all your activities so you're not doing much. Then what you are doing becomes more and more apparent and you begin to see the way in which movement shuts some things down, fluffs other things up, and moves away from other things. You begin to see the three poison, passion, aggression, and ignorance, those activities of the mind that shut you out from your Buddha nature, from your birthright. You're already the Buddha. You're not separate from the Buddha. The Buddha discovered this 2,500 years ago that everywhere he looked, he saw the Buddha. He was the awakened one, and when he awoke, he just saw Buddha. He saw awakening, awakening. Nothing sleeps anywhere. It's a relative way of talking about something that's very difficult to uh, even understand or be aware of, let alone point to. So one's understanding has to be well, pretty clear in order to be able to point to that. Mice. Two of them. Michelle. Is it important for us to know or to be able to identify specifically if it's passion, aggression, or ignorance, or just to see? No. Just watch what moves. Don't come to any conclusions. Don't conclude that's a motorcycle. You don't really don't have to. You can just listen to the texture of the sound without without abandoning the sound to go into what it is. Go ahead. So then even identifying, oh, that's passion, is identifying? Not if it comes up of its own. If it just happens to come up, that that's a, some kind of fixation or grasping or whatever it may be, that's fine. If it comes up, but to figure it out, that's uh, save that for 
post-meditation, off the cushion, reading a book or talking with someone else or studying or talking with a teacher, talking with a sangha. But while on the cushion, downsize. Keep it as simple as possible. Less is better. Even if the feeling that comes up as a, you could say, as a result or outcome of that is to feel less, like more like you don't know what's happening or more confused, that's, that's if you want some progress, then that's good. There really isn't any progress particularly, but there is some kind of progression that shows that we're slowly moving further and further away from grasping something, rejecting something, shutting down. Passion and aggression and ignorance is less operative. When it's less operative, then you see the actual movement of what you thought was solid comes apart. Everything comes apart. If it's something. Further questions? How is downsizing different than maintenance? Or should downsizing be applied or returned to? So if you use the, the maintenance is to get to the cushion when, the, when the, so the Han bell rings or whenever whatever the timing is, whenever it's time, get to the cushion. Or if you're on your own time, if you're doing block sitting, just get to the cushion, sit down, and just downsize. You're just downsizing. Less movement, less, 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 less. Buster Scruggs. <laughs> that help? Uh, you got to be a, what's the other guy's name? His partner? Somebody's got that. So I'm sorry. I don't have any help from the. Uh, flat. A little flat and less scrubs. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. Great Dharma teachers. <laughs> so, and you could say, just to go in that direction, you could say that someone who is working with uh, one of the sense fields of producing art is, uh, is actually pointing at the truth. That's why we get so fascinated by some people who are able to point to this and yet be so crazy. And so I won't use the expletive, but so confused. At the same time, they're able to do this. Causes and conditions that come from a relative situation in the form of art production. Uh, it's amazing how someone can be such a mess and yet still be able to sing like a whooping crane. More questions? more about that yeah. a little bit just out of when we meditate is there any kind of maintenance that happens or is there any returning to something so the way uh, one of the ways that this is taught is that um uh, shamata vipassana comes out of the which is a shine and lockdown comes out of the uh, tibetan tradition it's a form of uh, gradually moving you into the meditative state i don't think that's necessary uh, at least not here. Uh, I sometimes do that with people individually. Depends on what they're going through, what kind of difficulty they're having in their life. I might have them practice shiname, which is uh, following the breath, using an object. It could be the object of breath. It could be a small, like a Buddha form or a stone or something like that. So there could be some kind of a way of fastening the awareness. But the person has to be pretty distressed, similar to the Zogchen and Mahamudra practice, minus the uh, creation or the uh, the creation completion dynamic.
in other words, visualizations and mantras and all of that. So I would say when you sit down, as you, if you hear my instruction in meditation, sit down, hold still, watch what moves. You can follow the breath. The breath is moving. Follow it the whole hour, but don't do it per someone's instruction. Do it relative to your experience of sitting there. And you might find that if you just watch what moves, you might follow the breath for three minutes, eight minutes, maybe the whole time. But then it comes out of your awareness rather than out of some kind of artificial timekeeper or some kind of artificial situation. If you're following someone's instruction, um, just notice if they're taking into consideration uh, the difference in people. So I had to do it another way for a long, long time before I understood that you're actually setting up something to control somebody rather than you're actually introducing to the, them to the nature of their mind. And I think it's wrong. Maybe some people should have teachers like that. There's plenty out there. But if you're ready for this, and I'm ready to help you see what it is directly. More? Mm, a little bit. I've, sometimes it's confusing in two hours. That I feel like I should be doing something else. or um... You think you're alone? <laughs> no. All of us feel pretty useless. But not many of us look as useless as you do. <laughs> so it feels that way. The the upside is uh downsizing. You're going to sit down. You're going to be as genuine as you can be by just being here and just put everything on receive. Give everything your attention, every thought, emotion, feeling, judgment, whatever arises spontaneously, just watch it. Just observe, just receive, just receive, including the feeling of uh, this feels ridiculous. This feels useless. Uh, this meditation isn't getting anywhere. Getting somewhere is the mundane path of accomplishment, of getting some kind of success, being a great golfer, being a good harmonica player, uh, being good at fitting people's shoes, or because they don't do that anymore. Amazon, uh, getting uh, improving and getting better. But what you could do is you could sit down and just see what the case is, and if it looks like things are getting worse, then follow that. Just just observe that. Just to be aware of what that is and notice the dependent origination, the aspect of that that does not hold still. It just keeps changing and morphs into this and into this and into this. So you could, in that, say, if you're if you're feeling having difficulty uh, and you wanted more of a reference point, you could follow your breath for a few minutes and then go back to just bare attention, just the raw receiving of whatever's arising out of the sense fields, touch, taste, smell, hearing, seeing. Or, or the mental processes as they come up. Just get to know yourself and, and actually feel like a failure. And actually have that feeling. Uh, there's nowhere to get. You're already exactly where you need to be. You just need to realize it. And when I say you need to realize it, don't believe a word I say. I don't need your help. Shut up. I know I can sit for a while and realize that I haven't recognized that I've even been breathing for an hour, maybe a whole sit. So how can how can I miss something that's moving? You didn't miss it. 
Sounds to me like you're well aware of what you missed. It's not missing it. When you actually are not aware of what you missed, that's missing it. But if you're aware that where you missed something, that's not exactly missing it. That's called awareness. You add on the plus and minus part so that you have some kind of description of it. Go ahead. What is it that makes If I were to realize that my I had been breathing the whole time, that feels more valid as if I had some kind of mm -hmm. check mark that I had been watching it. So how is that just as where as not seeing it at all? Because I said so. Well, you 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 see it. There, there's no accomplishment. The accomplishment thing is something we add on. You're adding on the right and wrong part. You're evaluating yourself. It's fairly subtle, but you're still doing it. Don't do anything. Whatever happens, just that just occurs. There's going to be times. Uh, you're not in charge of this. No one's in charge of anything. If you think you're in charge, then the, what will keep that running is pride, thinking that you are somebody, can do something, can promote something, can succeed at, some, at something, even meditation. You can't succeed at meditation. You were encouraging us with the with the talk title of downsize something. Yeah. Um, the best I could come up with. <laughs> in our sitting practice. Yeah. Is that a, a helpful mentality or approach to our off-the-cushion life as well? Somewhat. As it comes up naturally, rather than try to apply some kind of that. You can actually apply it when you sit down. But when you when put what we call post-meditation, I would just receive. Turn everything I receive. And... You know, it depends on the situation. It's so situ so situational that it would depend on who you're talking to. Some one person you might really engage and have a chatterbox conversation with. Another person you might spend more time receiving and listening to what they're saying, depending on who they were, what kind of kind of radiation is coming off from them, how much confusion, how much suffering is there. Uh, sometimes when two people are in a relationship and they're having one person's having a lot of difficulty with their partner, their mate. I say, change your whole dynamic to listen 90% uh, of the time, talk 10. It's a very simple dynamic. It makes a lot of difference if you're just listening most of the time and occasionally you say something. Then you're looking at the amount of that rather than getting lost in your wonderful advice for the person. Or Um, yeah, you say that um, consciousness naturally follows what moves. Mm -hmm. So what is the point of, uh, or should we be making a point to observe? Yeah. So if it's just the observer, you're just giving everything that is in motion, your attention. Uh, if you're just doing that, and you're in your, the idea there is to listen to that instruction and endeavor to do that. Then what gets added on to that uh, also gets included as something that you can just observe rather than you can crank that up as some more further propaganda about believing in your thoughts and so on. 
it takes a while to do it. I don't think you can do it in three weeks, three months, maybe even three years. It might take a while to do that. You might have to, that's why they call it a practice. You have to do it. Did you follow me? Not exactly. So I don't know what to ask. Danny? Um, how can we bring awareness to things that we don't know we're missing? Sounds like you already did. In some sense, you're asking a question about something that you you have awareness that you're missing something. You wouldn't be able to ask about it. So it's already happening. The important thing is nothing stays the same. Nothing, the way this situation is set up. So just continue to return to that. Return, and each time you return, to justice, justice, just the wall, just your breath coming and going, just your thoughts arising and falling away, memories coming and going. Just watch what's happening there. And eventually everything starts to become more and more apparent. The less we obstruct or add to something, the less we or blame either this way or that way, or shut down, distract ourselves into anything else. So there's no, there's no technique whereby, I'm not saying that there aren't people who teach that, but it looks like it. we just need to keep it very simple, downsize, very simple. Just watch what's moving. It's uh, If you're really just sitting on the cushion watching and looking at the wall, one of the indicators for just being there is that you're probably going to be bored, and which is a... Uh, which is the way it feels to to uh, um, wean yourself off from the need for constant entertainment about something. And I'm not just talking about entertainment in the form of fun entertainment, but preoccupations with negativity and worrying. And, and like, sit down, hold still, watch what moves, watch the worry, watch the movement of your the pain in your knee, watch the movement of the birds outside the building and, and your thought patterns. Watch all what's happening in the objects of the six senses, including the thought patterns, without doing anything with them. Can we give everything our attention? No. But you can start. You can start to give your attention to, to others. Give attention to your thoughts. Just, just, uh, just receive. You have something, your attention, and just whatever is showing up or moving your way or away from you or sideways, just give it your attention, but don't add anything to it. If you if you can help, and if you do add something to it, then give attention to what you're adding to it. And then if you if that isn't difficult enough, then start giving attention to your attention. Good luck with that one. Any questions? Use How is being direct downsizing? Well, 
if we continue to use that kind of an image, indirect is everything is coming and going, and we're we're pushing this, pulling that, and we're we're sorting this and sorting that, and listening to what somebody's saying, or we're getting we're elaborate. Anything happens, we elaborate on. Well, it must be because because she said that, or he said this, or I shouldn't have done that, or I should have. We, we, keep, we keep making up a whole stage play, which we're the actors and we're the director and we're the audience and everything. So uh, downsizing is just to sit down, hold still, and sitting, sitting, sitting meditation is what I'm talking about. Just downsize to this, and then don't add or subtract. Don't analyze. Don't add anything to it. Keep it as simple as possible. Downsize. It's a, uh, it's a, an elimination diet for ego. You're eliminating all the outputs, all the all the inflows of all the phenomena, including your mind, so that you can see the outflows. So you can see when you keep projecting onto other things instead of receiving what's coming. You, before it even gets to you, immediately add an idea, a name on it, or what it is, or it's a good thing or bad thing. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. Not you, but all those people you know. Shoot. Patrick from Seattle has a question. How do you manage relative reality when things come apart? So it's a very situational kind of question, and things are very nature of the whole situation. Things are always coming apart. So you could practice uh, dealing with when th things come apart by downsizing. So keep it very simple. Sit down, hold still, and watch the way things come apart and dissolve in your mind, including thought patterns. If thought patterns arise, you do nothing with them. They cannot last. They get their oxygen from one of the three poisons. I want it, I don't want it, and who cares? Or what's that about? Or, so it gets its fuel, its, its uh, um, what's that word for nurture? Who said that? Oh, you're right. Nutrients from being screwed around with. Don't do anything with it. Sit down, hold still. And just watch what moves. And in this way, you get so, you could say you get become somewhat adept at watching what, what moves so that when you move off the cushion and go into post-meditation of day life, dealing with your friends, your family, your relatives, your co-workers, you're less likely to jump to conclusions about anything that's on the move because you've, you've, you've trained yourself to be more, more receptive about things, to more to receive what's happening rather than immediately jump on it and judge it, blame, or go to war. Or fight with something that is, because if you have not, if you have not uh, made friends with your own negativity, your own warfare, you keep stuffing it, kind of pretending to yourself that you have no problems, no warfare, and you go out in the uh, environment with others, and a certain kind of frequency of aggression comes up, uh, even though it might be fairly simple in aggression itself, but it triggers your own aggression, and as I say all the time. And suddenly you take the aggression that you're unwilling to see, you project it on the others, and you go to war with your own aggression in the form of uh, someone else or a situation. We've all done that mountain out of a molehill thing. So, train your mind.
downsize, downsize, and keep it so that you can work with that very thing that we're talking about here, the movement of things this way and that way in a very simple way. You train yourself, your mind, to watch what's moving, coming and going so that you don't get um, befuddled by it when, you, when it happens uh, with your next door neighbor. Very difficult to have someone come at you because of their suffering. They're trying to get rid of their suffering. It doesn't happen all the time, but it's one way. People are suffering, suffering, suffering. They have no mind training. They totally believe their thoughts and their emotions. So they come out and they're all upset about something and you happen to get in the in their what sights. Next thing you know, they're to get rid of their pain, they dump that on you in the form of you know, aggression or accusation, or even if it's untrue, they just want to get rid of that. And you're uh, happens in families. It happens all the time in different ways. So what is this about? It's not about winning the war. It may be more about losing the war, or maybe losing the war is actually seeing that uh, there's no war. Nobody shows up. It has to have to have has to have, there has to be some kind of extreme duality happening there for the war to happen. So if you don't join that, on the other hand, if depending on that particular situation, that person could take that, your, you know, if you have, if there's a little bit of pride showing up there and they read that, which people are pretty good at doing, they might read that as you're better than them. You're the person who's going to be at peace. They're the ones with the problem. You know, it'd be a good way to catch some, negative energy that was based on a misunderstanding because you had some pride over that. Question from Bosker in Houston. Yes, Bosker. He asks, even at its simplest, there seems to be three things, the observer, the thing observed, and the space in which the process takes place. Do we need to, or can we downsize further from there? If you understand the, the basic teachings of, uh, of the, uh, of the um, uh, Yogacara or mind-only teachings, it's basically that everything, simply put in concepts, everything is consciousness only, perception only. So you have, uh, when I strike this, it's just a perception. It's not that there isn't an object. It's not that there isn't a sound. It's not that there isn't someone supposedly hearing the sound. But if you downsize into just perception only, just a perception, there's no listener and there's no sound. There's just a perception of it. There could be the perception of the subject. There could be the perception of the sound. And there could be the perception of something flying through space and striking something else. Simpler is better, downsize, just perception. It's possible to not ignore a thing and see that everything is perception only without contracting into some kind of a cocoon. Choo-choo. Question from Joe in Atlanta. Mm -hmm. What value do you place on Jukai for your students? Under what conditions is it recommended? I don't recommend it. Stay away from it.
have nothing to sell. You need Jukai, if you need that kind of what I call glue, you won't be able to avoid it. So there's nothing to promote here. Shoshi asks, what is perception? So, of course, the conventional idea of we perceive sounds, we perceive smells, tastes through the sense fields. But the fundamental uh, perception that's being pointed at here of uh, perception only is there's no perception. There's no perceiver and there's nothing perceived. And so, therefore, the perception only actually devolves, if I can use a word that I don't even know the meaning of, devolves into nothing in particular. Not separate from anything. It is a, it is a, it is a, it is a dharma door, a dharma gate. If, if that's your dharma gate, then spend the next 20 or 30 years on it. Let me know how you do. I may still be here. What is there then when there's no nothing perceived and, and no one perceiving it? It's, it's, a, it's an understanding. It's an understanding that doesn't have concepts or words. Uh, and doesn't even has no. It's not uh, an experience. It's very difficult to point to using uh, relative truth, conceptual ideas, and so on, and pointing to, because it, it totally misses the point. So that's why anyone who understands this usually, they at least start out being tongue-tied because they, they, there's no way to say it. And you, you might even uh, for a while it might even doubt what was uh, what you were understanding. So it might take might take some time to actually look at that over a long period of time before you might get receive what is sometimes called uh, unconditioned. You're no longer separate from what you perceive. It might start out as perception only, but then eventually the perceiver that you thought was part of the perception and the object that you thought the, the subject was perceiving are not two separate things, nor are they separate from the perception, which is uh, another way of talking about uh, shunyata or emptiness. So, but all teachings, uh, uh, first, second, third turning teachings are all somewhat beating beating around the bush. So they're just, how do you talk about it? <laughs> Was that funny? I thought so. <laughs> beating around the bush? Second, third turning teaching. Yeah. First, second, third. Yeah. Did I say something incorrect? <laughs> yes, I did. You did. Yeah, I did. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> See, I argues with me. <laughs> Referring to something you said earlier, I can't remember exactly. Um, how does the apparent movement of things cover up uh, the movement that we think is solid? Could you say more? I, I'm following you, but could you say, are you talking about sitting meditation or uh, everyday post meditation, everyday activity? I think you said earlier that we have to look at a lot of apparent movement before we can see things that we thought were solid are actually Okay, moving. very good. And so what's the question? 
how does the parent movement uh, cover up the movement of the Very good. Just distracting. And it's circular. The apparent movement is, is it goes in cycles. Just like night and day, night and day, night and day. We think they're two different things. Night and day, night and day. Life and death is another one that looks like two different things. We're not really particularly afraid of night, but we're terrified of death. What is the movement that we think is solid? It's the imputation that, that, that I'm a solid person experiencing a definite experience. And it's attendant, the, the, what, it's usually attendant with some kind of pleasure, some kind of pain, or possibly even some kind of boredom or tedium. But some, something is happening there. Do we actually witness the, the movement and then we just are afraid? Of the it so could it could be fear. Uh, eventually, it will be fear, but uh, uh, initially, it's probably just tedium and boredom. And here we go again. And, why, and then the, ad, the add-ons be, become little post-it notes or little word thought balloons that are here we go again. Why this is not working? What am I doing this for? You know, maybe I need to do something else. Maybe I need to do more body work. I probably need my chakras balanced. I'm not really making fun of people. I mean, I'll balance your chakras for you. <laughs> That's what you need. <laughs> Sounds like a threat. <laughs> and, and I'm being, um, being silly, making light of that. But actually, there's something to working with chakras, something I've done. Even before I, uh, the Tibetan tradition, this is a part of the teaching of Tantra. Of the, um, <coughs> those different stages of working with visualization. There's uh, working with chakras. Yes. How can we investigate what looks like solidity? Persistence. Don't settle for anything. Don't settle anything that, that looks like a result. Don't deny it. Don't fluff it up or say, yeah, 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 that's it. I finally got it or shut it away. Just look at it because anything that shows up will not hold still unless you add to it. You get, you actually impute a credential to it. Well, that's, that shouldn't be happening or that should be, I need more of that. Or who cares about that? That's, that's uh, inconsequential. Anytime you do anything, it, be, it, it just solidifies because of your, your dynamic of buying into the relative truth that is a big fat lie. So do nothing with it so that you can see its true nature and see that it's, a, it's an illusion, it's a projection. It takes time. Yes. Is anything solid? It doesn't look like it. There's always a, you know, this is more solid than smoke. So there's a relative situation which tends to create a strong believability of this room and the lights and people and separations and bodies, breathing bodies, and, you know, everything, including uh, everything that we're not looking at. It looks real. 
has a kind of reality, but it's not substantial. Questions? Are we over? One more question if you have it anywhere. Michelle? So if it's a thought, I'm unsure, is that still an addition? Or is that space still leaving space for inspection? Well, there again, it's situational. It's hard to say. You know, the, the feeling, if I were to take your statement there and move it into some kind of subjectivity, just not knowing what's going on is not such a bad situation to be in. It's like going, the metaphor is uh, when you start to look deep into this uh, so-called identity of me, uh, it can feel very, the metaphor is very much like walking into a forest where the trees are placed together and there's a lot of underbrush and, and it's very dark. And it can be frightening, it can be painful. Being unsure of where you're going is might rise up with just that kind of feeling of going into that part of your mind, that part of your consciousness, a part that's kind of closed off. That tends to open up the longer it seems. There's no guarantee, but the more we sit down, hold still, and downsize just this, just eliminate everything that you can possibly eliminate without dying. Hold still and watch what moves. You'll notice the breath as the diaphragm is moving. Uh, you can even sense your blood flow. You might notice your heart beating. There's all kinds of things that are going on. It's really fun. <laughs> I mean, you know, if you really watch what's happening, uh, how can you possibly get bored? It's always changing into something else. But if you're looking for entertainment, if you're looking for the world to feed you some, then meditation is a is a uh, it's kind of a diet. Or ego, you sit down because it wants stuff, entertainment. It doesn't. It doesn't even mind. Sometimes it would just take on even negative stuff, just in order to feel like we are somebody and we're having an experience and we're at least we're the one who's pissed off at everything. And, you know, they shouldn't have done that. Have you ever notice how you hang on to somebody will do something, and make you mad? This is just an example. Maybe I'm the only one that's experienced this. Somebody makes you mad. And then they come and they notice right away that they've hurt you and they come and they apologize. But you don't want to let them off the hook. You're kind of enjoying being resentful. No, no. I'm not letting you off. You did that. You said it. You acted like you meant it. <laughs> and they're going, no, no, I'm really sorry. Uncle Bob. Don't believe anything. Don't disbelieve anything. And certainly don't look away. Train your mind. Thank you very much. We'll stand and dedicate the merit in the back of our red chant books. I'd like to remind everybody that this Saturday is our all day, so please come if you can. Also, we do still have donation boxes in the hallway and appreciate and depend on your financial support. Thank you. Chi
directions the three worlds, all Buddhas, all venerable ones, Bodhisattvas, Mahasattvas, the great Prajna Paramita. Buddhas and Bodhisattvas of the Ten Directions of the Three Times, please hear us. Please come down out of the light and protect Sokokoji Buddhist Temple Monastery. Our Sangha, families, friends, and visitors, heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with life. 